The strongest man in the Bible had to learn the reality of his own weakness and the true source of strength. Today, we learn spiritual truths from the life of Samson. Let's join Scott Pauley now as we journey through the Word of God. Now, we're studying the life of Samson, but we have to take a slight detour on our journey today through his life to understand one of the great missteps, one of the great mistakes of Samson's life. One of the great failures was that he made small compromises on a big vow. We're talking about how Samson arrived at such tragedy. And in Judges chapter 14, we began by learning that he started living by sight instead of by faith. But there's another terrible step that he takes, and that is he begins to make compromises on his Nazarite vow. You remember in Judges chapter 14, he was called to live as a Nazarite all the days of his life. Now, the word Nazarite literally, literally means consecrated or separated. And uh, it was a vow that was taken by choice. There are some people in Scripture, their entire life was given to it. Now, there are three Nazarites identified by name in Scripture, Samson, Samuel, and John the Baptist. That's quite a crew, isn't it? Imagine Samson's life should have lived up to a life like Samuel the prophet or John the Baptist, but he doesn't because he begins making small compromises on a big vow. You know, the Bible says it's better not to make a vow than to break it. Well, Samson broke it, and he broke not only one part of it, he eventually broke all three parts of it. What were the three parts of the Nazarite vow? Here's our detour. I need you to go with me to Numbers chapter 6 today, because number 6 is the story of God's outlining the Nazarite vow. We read in number 6 verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite, to separate themselves unto the Lord. Let me pause just a moment before I read on and point out to you that either a man or a woman could take the Nazarite vow because it was simply a vow where they were separating themselves to the Lord. They were giving themselves to God. There's a wonderful application here, and that is God wants His people to be a holy people, whether you're a man or a woman. The Christian life is to be a holy life. And notice here that the separation was not first from things, it was, it was first to the Lord. I think so often when we talk about living a holy life and keeping ourselves pure, we concentrate on the world, what we are not to do. But I want to say to you, if you'll get real close to Jesus, He will tell you what not to do. If you'll live in the holy presence of God, His holiness will drive out the unholiness from your life. You see, there's some things you can't do in the presence of a holy God. And so the separation is first to the Lord and then from the world. Now here are the parts of the vow. In verse 3 of number 6, it says, He shall separate himself from wine and strong drink, and shall drink no vinegar of wine or vinegar of strong drink, neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, nor eat moist grapes or dried. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine tree, from the kernels even to the husk. All the days of the vow of his separation, there shall no razor come upon his head, until the days be fulfilled in the which he separated himself unto the Lord, he shall be holy, and shall let the locks of the hair of his head grow. All the days that he separated himself unto the Lord, he shall come at no dead body. 
He shall not make himself unclean for his father or for his mother, for his brother or for his sister when they die, because the consecration of his God is upon his head. All the days of his separation he is holy unto the Lord. Did you get the three parts? There are three distinct things that God said you can't do if you're a Nazarite. Number one, you can't drink wine. Now, this, of course, uh, refers to liquor, but it goes further. He says, I don't even want you to eat the grapes. I don't want you to, to come near the fruit of the vine. I want you to stay as far away from it as possible. This is not the subject of our study today, but I'll remind you that wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. It's not for God's people who want to live a holy life. And if you're a serious Christian, that's not for you. And so this was the first part of the Nazarite vow that Samson was under. The second part of the Nazarite vow was that he was not to cut his hair, no razor to come upon his head. The third part of the Nazarite vow was that they could not touch a dead body. Now, with that in mind, with that foundation from number six and that framework, go back to the life of Samson in Judges 14, 15, and 16. And do you know what you'll find? That he broke every one of the vows. Number one, he broke the vow about strong drink. And you might read and say, well, I don't see him drinking here. But yet in Judges 14, verse 10, he throws a wedding feast. Now, the Bible says that Samson made there a feast for so used the young men to do. We'll come back to that a little later. Well, this wedding feast was not just any feast. If you study the culture and the context, they were drunken orgies. Uh, the, the, what the young men did in that day was they drank liquor. They drank of the fruit of the vine. And Samson said, I want that. And because I want it, I'm going to take it. No matter what God says, no matter what the, the law is that God's put me under, I'm, I'm not going to obey it. I'm going to cross that line. So he breaks that one. Then he's not to come at any dead body. He breaks that multiple times. Immediately in Judges 14, he's touching the carcass of a dead lion. And throughout the story, you'll see him touching dead bodies. He breaks the second one. Thirdly, he cuts his hair. Now that's the last one. Now someone may say that's the big one, but I would say to you, uh, that is, if you will, the, the final line that had not yet been crossed. And when he cuts his hair, now he's broken all three parts of the Nazarite vow. Have you ever wondered why God called Samson to be a Nazarite? For the record, we're, we're not calling on people to be Nazarites today. We understand that. This is under the Old Testament economy. We're just making application. But why did God give him this vow? Because God had something special for him to do. And God knew this man. Do you know who Samson was? He was a daring, reckless spirit. Read his story. He was, a, he was a man who needed some checks and balances, don't we all? And God knew him better than he knew him. And so God put him under a Nazarite vow from his youth to keep him from certain things, to keep him from destroying his life. Would you see God's commands to holiness as a deterrent to destruction? Would you see them not as God keeping you from something good, but God keeping you from something evil. No, would you see them, frankly, as God keeping you for Himself? God didn't just save you from something. He saved you for something. He saved you for Himself. He says, Be ye holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. If you want to be near God, then you must determine by God's grace to walk in holiness to live a holy life, to let the Lord work His holiness in you. Now, that's what Samson refused to do. Oh, he didn't do it all at once. He made little compromises. 
Funny thing about sin, every time you cross a line, it gets a little easier to cross it again. Every time you cross it, you go a little further, and eventually you don't come back. And that's exactly what you find in the story of Samson. So may I ask, what lines are you crossing right now? What, what line are you getting perilously close to? And you say, I'll never cross that one. I know I've crossed some, but I won't cross that one. That's the thing about sin. After a while, it desensitizes a man. It does something to a man's conscience. It begins to excuse it and go further and further. Oh, my friend, don't let that happen in your life. Don't make compromises on your vow to a holy God. Have you consecrated yourself to the Lord? Have you separated yourself to God? If you never have, do it today. Say to the Lord, Lord, I'm yours. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And if you've made that vow to a holy God, then by God's grace, make no compromises in it. This is the way to keep from destroying your life. Live every day consciously in the holy presence of our God. Samson is a reminder to us all that our strength is in God alone. Thank you for joining us today. Visit scottpauley.org for additional resources and an archive of all of the Enjoying the Journey episodes. We look forward to studying God's Word with you again soon.